Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we are going to be learning the fifth Aliyah in Parshas Truma Chameshi. The topic of Aliyah is the Paroiches. It is a shorter Aliyah with seven psukim running from Perek Chavov, Pasuk Lamed Aleph to Pasuk Lamed Zion. Let's take a look at the brief overview and then some basic points to ponder. We're now told about making this Paroiches, which is a dividing curtain between the Kodesh HaKadosh in the inner sanctum and the outer sanctum, the Kodesh. Um, the Paroiches is made out of Tcheles, Argumon, Tolaz, Shani, Shesh, Mazar. So it's made out of these different, these four different um, twines, the, the blue, purple, crimson, and, and, and linen all twined together into the threads to make this a Maaseh Choshev, which is a woven work. Um, and on it was the pattern of Kruvim, of angels again. It is placed on four standing beams. The beams are not right next to each other. They're like entranceways to dividing between the Kodesh and the Kodashim. And they were they were gold covered um, with golden um, rings or belts around them, standing in silver sockets. And then the 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 parochas is placed on these um, are hanging off of these beams and is a divider. It is a divider. Um, then at this point in time, once this is up, once the boundaries are in place, then you will place the kapores on the iron, and then the, the the and it is the the all the, the vessels are then set up. So first the curtains placed, then the iron's placed, then the implements outside the shulchan is placed on the on um, outside, the menorah is placed outside, and then there is the. The, the Mizbeach Hazav, which we're going to hear about as well. It's worthwhile noting that everything, the implements in the Kodesh are all placed in the, the closer to the Kodesh HaGadoshim side. So it's the half of the 20 Amas towards the, um, the Kodesh HaGadoshim. And then we hear about a Masach, which is this curtain, which is at the entrance of the Mishkan itself, which is also made of Tcheles, Agamon, Tola, Shoni, and Shesh Mazar, um, which is Ma'ase um, Rokem, which is, it is a different type of woven. It's not the same level of craft as the innermost parochas as well, and this would hang on five different beams as well. Now we, uh, the only difference is that the, the entrance beams are in copper sockets, um, whereas the, uh, the, the beams for the holding up the parochas have silver sockets holding them up as well. Let's, let's jump into a few basic points to ponder, and that is, is why are there kruvim, why are there these um, images of angels on the curtain, the parochas divided between the Kodesh and the Chol. So Rashi says it is a Maaseh Choshev, it is a, a uh, the, the artwork which is done is uh, with an image which can be seen differently on each side, and Rav Sarotskin suggests that perhaps this is to tell which is the front and which is the back, which way the orientation should be as well. We know that there is certainly a Hakpoda according to some, uh, let's say when it comes to Tzitzis, to have an Atara, to have some sort of sign or crown as to which side is which, so that one puts it that way. Not all traditions have this. The Arizal doesn't have this. The Chabad, therefore, doesn't have it as well. But um, but most traditions have it that you should know which way is which, and perhaps the 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 the, the weavings and the images were to display which side was was front and back. However, it is worthwhile noting, as Rabbi Foreman points out, that there were kruvim. There were angels in three different interfaces in the Mishkan. The Kruvim, of course, the most famous of the angels were the ones on top of the Aaron. Those are the two golden Kruvim on top of the Aaron. And then there were the Kruvim, the angels on the Parochis, on this curtain between the Kodesh and the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And then there were the Kruvim on the roof on the sides of the Mishkan, which would be, if you looked up, you would be able to see them as well. So those are the three places that angels appeared in the artwork of the Mishkan. I mean, the Beis Medrash is more complex, a much more complex structure um, worthwhile considering when learning Sefer Melachim. 
and so if you're a Cheskel. But in the meantime, um, the, so what is the relevance of that? So our phone points out that the, the when does, looking at the creation of the world in Beratius, Genesis 1, it's, it's important to realize that the Torah could only describe creation from an anthropocentric perspective. It could only describe creation from a, the perspective of those who live on earth because certainly for many, many millennia, people had no idea about beyond. They couldn't understand beyond. But obviously, the creation of the world was is a universal creation, not just a the creation of a particular planet called Earth. Obviously, with the significance that Hashem gave to Earth and 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 human life is the center of the we'll call the spiritual universe. But be it as it may, the the the, the, the whole universe was also created at that point in time, which means to say, couched in those terms, must also also be the universal constraints of creation as well. So in that, if we were to read that, there, there, there have to be, we'll call it, you know, um, hidden in or embedded into the anthropocentric creation of Earth, also universal descriptions of creation, which is why it's fascinating. Our foreman points to the words vayavdel. Whenever the word is used to divide, that's what he suggests is what's called an infrastructure part of creation, which is a necessary part of creation. Take that away and all the other constraints fall away. And so it appears by three parts of creation at the beginning. One is between light and dark, Hashem dividing light and dark on day one. The other one is the rakia, which is this uh, firmament which divides between the oceans and the heavens. And on day four, the heaven, the, uh, the, the, the sun and the moon. What's interesting about all of that, if you put that all together, is that um, they could be, in a certain sense, trying to convey to us ideas which only many centuries later we would fully understand, at least in the realm of physics. And that is uh, describing the notion of light and dark is uh, light and dark energy is energy, number one. Then rakia is the way of describing space, the constraint of reality called space, and that sun and moon essentially is the way the Torah is describing the notion of time. So the entire universe essentially is the continuum of time and space. Everything is wrapped around time and space. Kabbalistically, we know the notion of Ashan, which is time, space, and the soul, which is the convergence of three elements. But in physics, there's energy, which ultimately turns into um, to, to matter, which expresses itself in the time um, space continuum. And that's what's being described right over here. Um, so now, let's, let, let, if that's the case, it's interesting to note that the Mishkan, reflecting the creation of the world itself, also refers to these three different aspects of creation. So, the, and each of the, the where the Kruvim arrive are essentially a meridian between the world outside and inside each of these elements of creation. So, for instance, the first Kruvim appear, the first angels appear around the actual Mishkan itself. And it divides the rest of the world out from this place. So what was the last element of creation, which or basic fundamental building block of creation, which we, we learn about? That's on day four. That is time. So it's interesting that in the inner sanctum, time doesn't seem to operate in the same physical constraint. As an example, we see this by the menorah, that the Nermai Ravi did not go out. Time would not affect it and the fuel consumed. And the bread, the showbread, the Lechabapani would not go stale from week to week. Almost as if time was not in operation once you pass that meridian of the first set of angels. The next set of angels are the parochists dividing the outer sanctum and the inner sanctum. Um, the Kodesh and the Kodesh Gadashim. And it's interesting that in that realm, space breaks down as well, because that's the place where, if you remember the Gomorrah and Babasra and Daftari test tells us that the Aron Enam in Amida, if you measured, if you were to, you know, obviously we can't do this, but if one were to take a tape measure and measure from the one side of the Aron to the other side of the Aron, you would see that the space would add up to the entire width of the room, but the Aron is still in the middle, which means to say it wasn't actually taking up space. So space spray breaks down, which is the second constraint of reality. So time breaks down where the first 
first Kruvim appear. The next meridian is where the second Kruvim are, is where space breaks down. And then finally, the third level of Kruvim is where you open it up, there were the Luchos inside of the Aron, the, the Aron Ha'edos. And, um, and we know that the Torah was this Eshtas Lama, is this white fire on black fire, which we represent today as black ink on, on white parchment. But the idea of, of dark energy and light energy, which is essentially primordial energy, which is to be found inside the Aron. So it's interesting that the, the, actually the very structure of the Mishkan reflects all of this. It's a really essentially a wormhole which is between the physical and the metaphysical universe. And as you get closer in, then parts of the constraints of this world break down as marked and demarcated by the angels at each of these three meridians or passages between space, time, and energy as you go backwards and um, more inner towards this, um, the center of this whole idea. And finally, one last point, which is worth noting in, in this, in this aliyah, is that the Torah seems to, to describe whether either Shulchan is placed twice talks about the, the Shulchan being placed in two places. Now, why is that? Um, so it, it, it starts off by saying, sometimes you place the Shulchan, the, the, the table outside the Parachas, then it places the, the menorah. And then it says, and then the Shulchan is placed on the northern side of the, um, and, the, the, and the menorah is on the southern side. Why is it mentioned in the Torah twice? So the Shulchan twice. So the Gemara Babasar and Dav tells us that it's interesting that in practices, let's say when a person is davening towards the west, one is davening towards the west, um, to, um, uh, the, there are two different orientations, um, we'll call it southwest and northwest, which a person could orient themselves when davening. And the Gemara says, If you want to have wisdom, you should point slightly towards the south, um, um, south, uh, southwest. If you want um, wealth, if you want to have wealth, you point slightly towards the northwest because the table, the shulchan, which represents material wealth, is in the north of the Mishkan and the menorah is in the south of the Mishkan, which is wisdom representing the idea of oil and light. So that's what the Gemara tells us, and it's brought in Shulchan Aruch as well. What is interesting about that is, as Rav Saratskin points out, is that. Um, these represent two ideas which are expressed in Perkei Avos. In Kemach, in Torah, if there's no flower, if you don't have material wealth or, um, or wherewithal, you can't have Torah. And if you don't have in Torah, in Kemach, if you don't have a spiritual led, spiritually led life, then all of the rest of it is worthless. It's not going to be pleasurable or, or um, goal-oriented or giving a person pleasure and accomplishment in life. Um, so the way that Rasarotskin understands the Torah describing it over here is first you need to have the Shulchan in the north. You need to have the material wealth. You need to be able to have something to, to, to put bread on the table. That's Ein Kemach, Ein Torah. But once you get there, then you need to have Ein Torah, Ein Kemach. You need to have the Torah. The next step is you have to have spiritual underpinnings in your life. And then you can appreciate the Shulchan. So that's why it starts off Shulchan, Menorah, Shulchan in the placement to describe this very interdependent idea, which is uh, the idea of, um, of both the material wealth and also the and spiritual wealth which are interdependent with each other. With this we conclude the fifth alien. In the meantime, have a wonderful meeting.